How do you normally start it? I always start it like this. I say, hello and welcome to TLDR. I always just start it over the name of the podcast as well, just to add extra amateurness to the yeah, starting yeah. Of, the, of the show. Yeah. Good. And then I say, I'm Luke. And then I say something. You say something like... And I've got no pants on. Well... That is, it is a little bit difficult for me. I have to keep averting my eyes up all the time. I really wish you would wear pants to the recordings. <laughs> and then I say something that's trying to be at least somewhat humorous about the game that we're playing. Right. And then we launch into the show. Okay. But that's done now. And so welcome to the show. All right. We're going to talk about XCOM 2. With no pants on. With no pants on. <laughs> I don't think people really need to know that we're not wearing pants, to be honest. Not sure that's really important in the show. So XCOM 2, this is our last episode on XCOM 2. It's been an interesting experiment playing this game, something that's so outside the genres that I would ever play. I would never play this game by myself. Okay. On my own volition. Okay. And I don't know why. It is a good game. It it's is. It's solid. It is challenging. It is. It has lots of mechanics. It does. It has uh, great text tech sort of expansion stuff in it, like both in terms of researching new, um, uh, you know, uh, new technologies in the science center, as well as expanding your ship to offer more functionality yep. for your squad. And then how they break that down into the days yep. of research time. And you've got more scientists, gives you quicker research. And then you've got to think about scanning outside. You've got to manage all this sort of uh, like a, a, a scarcity resource kind of, management thing on this side as well as a tactical based yeah you know shooter combat um, mission main part of the game kind of thing um but for me it, the game isn't sticky it isn't sticky yeah like you know uh, uh, you know if I'm playing if I'm playing Conan Exiles or maybe Ark right it's sticky it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm like why am I still awake right now right <laughs> I've got to get up in the morning right. <laughs> you know because I just don't want to put it down yeah where I finished a map in XCOM and I'm like, wow, that was an achievement. I feel really good for beating that that mission and, and getting through and it. I'm going to stop here. And I'm like, oh, I just need to Well, break. and that's how it works. It's got logical break points. It definitely does. Maybe that's, that's why it works. It's because you, mentally you get a logical break when you finish the mission. Yeah. I always stopped at the end of a mission. Yeah. I, that's always when I stopped playing. I, yeah, and then I usually come on the first thing, I check out my research, pick up the next things go, and then I launch another mission and then I, I yeah. stop again kind of thing. Yeah. And so... Maybe that's not like maybe it's not a bad thing about the game necessarily, but not so good for the podcast when you can only do a couple of missions a week yeah, because yeah. you sort of yeah. can't progress through fast enough to to keep up with the content. But I think it's good for the game though. I think it makes it a manageable game. Definitely. Definitely it doesn't get that sort of real addictive dopamine loop going on. Just one on. more turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just one more turn, just one more turn kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um I did I have to say yeah. I did find it hard going back to the start again. Because the start is so Brutal? Yeah, it's not as much fun. It's nowhere near as much fun as when you got all if, your soldiers' okay. abilities and your soldiers' equipment. I'd say that's one thing where I say the game probably falls down is that it's too hard at, at the start. start. Yeah, I would agree. It's just that first mission, that very like that not the tutorial mission. No, the first that first mission, first mission where you got to uh, now playing my later ones and seeing what I'm taking out now. That first one is brutal. Yeah, it is. It's very hard. They like two guys rather than like I think six you have to kill in that one or something yeah. and it's on a time limit oh, it's nine you have to, time limit two, is so there's hard. two pods of three two pods of three yeah okay. and then at least one pod of two so it's eight and you get one of those neck that like Sectoid. mind control the you sectoids. and everything as well yeah. like yeah. it's yeah and rugged. it's timed 
And it's t- and it's time just yeah. to throw yeah yeah that's definitely where they I think they misstepped yeah well, that, I, that was way too that's probably the hardest mission in the game I reckon yeah I didn't probably, str- probably, I didn't probably. struggle with any other mission as much as I struggled with that mission well I can't say that I didn't struggle with some of the other missions because I think one other part of this, this, this game exposes how poor I am at, at playing these <laughs> games uh, and so we talked a little bit about safe scumming kind of yes. thing yes and. I really tried not to sort of go, oh, I missed a shot. I'm going to reload or doing like that. I tried to play it out to a point where I'm like, well, half my squad's dead. Yeah. And this is, a, this is this almost is not an irretrievable situation. Yeah. But what I found a lot of was that the, the inbuilt saves are really poor. They never were at the point where I felt they were yes. actually useful because yeah. what would happen for me at least is I'd, I'd say make uh, three turns and then go, wow, I am just... Yeah, where I am now is not right. Going back one one move is not going to help. No. I need to go back three moves and and try again from back there. And so I think it saves like after you make a move rather than before. Like no, it saves at the start of your turn. Yeah, which is so you've got to quit before the aliens finish their turn if you don't want to lose that save. Save, you know. Oh, I just did a lot of manual. So saving, that's what to I learned to do. I learned if everything was going wrong in the aliens' turn. You then just quit, quit now there. before the aliens finish their turn. All right, that would make more sense. I just saved it manually. Went okay. This is a good spot. My team's in a good location. I'm yeah. I'm 99 sure. You know, save. kind of thing. I save here and then go again because okay, maybe this is another also failing on the game's behalf. I th- well, I, I don't know if it's a failing, but it's, it's really hard because when you meet a new alien, you have no idea of their abilities what they do. No. or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And I feel like if you really want to beat the level, you need to know how these aliens yeah, work. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and. Like one time, uh, there was I was on the other side of a train car, and that Viper alien yeah. pulled me th- physically through, through the, the train, train car, car, and I'm yeah. like, "That's not it's a it's a train car there, like literally, like full, like what? What, yeah. Tony? What? How does it that? It had work? sliding doors on the side, and they could see you through the sliding doors." But it was like directly opposite me. Like it was too. Yeah, so it used its tongue and to it go pulled you through the wood. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I said, and like, okay, you maybe it pulled me underneath or whatever. But I guess I didn't know that that was possible. No, and I no. feel yeah, so. Yeah. Another time the I first threw. First time a, that happened to me, I was annoyed. Yeah, first I used a I used an acid grenade on one guy. He was kind of up against this cliff side. No, yep. acid grenade, boom, that's good. He's going to be stuck there. He's going to have to walk through it and get acid again. That'll be great. No, he went up the side of the cliff onto the top and now he's got height advantage on me yep. and started pummeling my crew and I'm like, I just didn't even consider that to be something that could happen. Yeah. You know, uh, when you first meet the Codex yep. and it like Teleport, splits, clones. well, yep. the, cl- the clones what got yep. me really. I'm like, that was unexpected, and now my guys are completely in the wrong positions. Because yeah. I think it uses the, um, you know, the vortex of no weapon working. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Um, and so I bailed them all out, and then I had them split, and then it turned into two. And I'm like, ah, now I've got Flanked. two of them. You know, yeah. I do appreciate that loses half its health though. That was really cool. Yeah, little feature of that um, enemy. So yeah, I'll, I did a lot of like. It took me so long to beat each mission because I felt like every time I played it. I was meeting a new enemy. And learning something new. Ah, you know what's got me? The bloody um, the robots. The sector pod. 
Is that what it's called? Is it? Yeah. A big two-story big, robot. Yeah, and yeah. it like drops open this AOE rocket attack, and it yeah. just wiped my entire squad out in one hit because they yeah. were all bunched up. And I'm like, oh. yeah, they're horrible. Those things. All right, back to the reload. Okay, go back five, six, seven saves to try to find one that I wasn't already yeah. had them all bunched up, kind of thing. Uh, but it has some great moments where, uh, on the flip side, things that I didn't expect to happen happened. Like I, in one of them, I had. Uh, them all set up an Overwatch ready for the ambush. Yeah, I triggered the ambush, got a couple of kills with that, but yeah. there was still an Overwatch when I triggered another. Like by another doing this bot. over here, some other guys were triggered to come in, yep. and then they got hit by the same ambush. Uh, that's and I'm cool. like, ah, it's amazing, it all worked, you know, perfectly <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so that was a really great. Like, yes, so my plan came to fruition. I killed that guy. I took that guy out there. Sent those ones there, you know. You have this, you know, um, I don't know, just great triumphs, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And you feel like you're completely outnumbered, outgunned. And you know, just tick away at them, take him out with this one, use the ranger here, you know, go on. Shoot the amount the of times, though, sorry, shoot the Andromedan and then his suit comes back to life. Oh, I don't think I've got to those suit guys drops yet. Drops acid everywhere when it walks. Oh, I haven't got no. to those guys yet. Okay. One thing that constantly did get me was I was. Accidentally clicking and moving guys by mistake. Yeah. That was super and frustrating. You can't undo it. Yeah. Why can't I just undo that? I don't know. I, I don't I know just, why they didn't think you. Yeah. I'm like. I th- see, I think, it's, I think it's too brutal. I think you should be able to undo moves. Yeah. If you haven't committed it. Yeah. If you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. You should just be able to undo the move. Yeah. Which stops you doing those erroneous moves. And I also don't think the penalties on your soldiers should be so brutal. I know there's ways to get new soldiers that are equivalent and right. I understand that. It takes a while to put a roster feel up, the though. same. Because I lost three guys in my last mission and then had to sub in my less good B guys. team, yeah. And then I got a really hard mission up next and it's like, oh, man, yeah, this is like... team's not good enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. so that was a bit that was a bit rugged. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's definitely a hard... I think it's a hard game. From that sort of perspective you're talking about, I think it's really tough yeah. and unforgiving. yeah. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Well, I though. found that encouraged me to save scum. Well, it's not even save scumming. Well, save yeah. scumming is for like roguelike games where you're not supposed to reload the saves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is actually legitimately using a save game. Yeah. But you do it so often that it does feel like you're just save scumming. Well, I think when the game punishes, if you, if you have a wipe of your squad, that could potentially just stop you from ever beating yeah, the game. You basically have to reload the whole thing yeah. and start again. So, yeah. you know. And when the battles are taking so long... Yes, it's annoying when you die on the last pot of aliens and, and then you've got to go back and do it all again. Yeah. I also don't like how limited some of your equipment was. Uh, which so sort like of if equipment? If you get the battle scanner or the mimic beacon, you only get like one or two uses of them per combat mission. All of them. It'd be nice if they were like yeah. reloading crates or something around the map. Like, can't I carry so more than restock? one acid grenade? Like, does he not have a bandolier where you can put, like, five grenades on or something like that? Well, who Maybe is it that you're using the acid grenade with? Oh, uh, the heavy? Yeah, so you got to unlock the skill that lets him carry more grenades. Right, okay. So there's more... more yeah, yeah, fair enough. There's more stuff that I'm there's not, stuff not getting to got, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. And it makes the game a little bit easier. Probably more difficult enemies to kind of balance it out. Well, yeah, there's enemies that you're blowing away mm. with the gear... And then suddenly you're only doing half damage to them. So uh, you need twice as much stuff to be able to finish them off. Yep. yep. Like some of them have the 
silver disc things. I can't remember what they're called. They've got a brutal amount of hit points and four armor or something. So every time you shoot them, they ignore four points of your attack. <sighs> need that yeah. armor shredding. You need um, armor shredding. Heavy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Those, those those build where you've got the, the either or build choices down the trees. Some of them are not equivalent. No, they're not. But Some I feel like they might be better like on the balanced. Uh, I guess I haven't gone through all of them yet to see or not, but I could start, start, start to see like some real advantages with. Yeah, I built two squads. I built an A squad and a B squad with alternate choices. Oh yeah, yeah. And some of the soldiers were so much better than the others. I just never bothered using the others. Do you think there's a niche use that you weren't seeing yet? Do you feel like no, no? It's just... I think they just didn't come up with enough ideas for skills. Certainly, a lot of them have to go through and try to balance out and get yeah. into the game and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So some of them are niche, like the ranger. Mm. So you can go the sneaky shotgun ranger or the swordy slashy ranger. So that's actually situational. Yeah. So I think they're quite well designed as two different builds. Yeah. That's two different viable builds for the same character that you make the play the character a different way. Yeah. But the heavy. Yeah. So many of the alternate heavy choices are just crap. Like you can waste your ammo and blow away the cover. Okay, well, that's a waste of a shot, yeah. and I've wasted my ammo, and okay, I really need everyone else to now kill it, mm. so that's not particularly good. And then mm. the one where you get plus one armor, as opposed to, I can't remember what the alternate choice for the plus one armor is, but the alternate choice is so much better. Mm. So the heavy didn't have such good choices. But then the support guy, I can't remember what the support guy's called. The specialist? The specialist. There again, two really good builds, the anti-mech unit build or the healing build. They're two quite... Yep. Both viable builds. Yep. And yeah. But you've got to stick to the doesn't pay to mix and match, like one anti mech, then one healing, then one more anti mech, then one more healing. Ah, uh, it's really You just want to get all the healing side or all the anti mech side. side. So that they're really good at what they're good at. Yep. Yep. I dug the amount of customization you can do to your character. Yeah, yeah, that's really the cool. You can make like them look that. fancy. Yeah. But yeah, the Australian the female accent is Annoying. Horrendous. Yeah, I ended up using the New Zealander. Oh, yeah. I went back to the American. Slightly less annoying than the Australian. Oh, I'm like, that. whoever was doing that, I know. don't think it was Australian. Yeah. All, no, it wasn't all good. Bugging on a bit. You know, it wasn't good. So I'd done the whole green yeah. and gold armor and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had a red, white, and blue American chick. So she <laughs> was good. Excellent. And yep. I had yep. a, a green and gold Australian chick. Yep. yep. So, yeah, the armor customizations and weapon customizations are great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making character really making characters distinct. And it's so much easier to immediately identify them on the battlefield too, which I thought was good. That was the main thing for me was starting to like, oh, which one's my which one is my good ranger? I've had two rangers on the field, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Just because yeah. you're flicking through them, kind of thing. Uh, which is really fast to do. Like the whole giving orders and picking the orders and, and choosing what to do, really Yeah, slick. the user interface is great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Really like that. The yeah. only I said the only downside is that the accidental click. Yes, and you kind can't undo it. Don't do yeah. it. Well, that was the only time I was got myself. I felt like the, I felt like the game, the UI was yeah, playing. You're me. not actually fighting the user interface. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. other than that, I think it's. I don't know how you do it any better. No, I that's don't for think, sure. I, I have no idea on like even just the way you can hover over the targets to see yeah, like see which one the is the which are. one. Yeah. Oh, everything's yeah, really going to tell kind you. Kind of thing goes yellow when you've got them flanked and yeah, yep. it's very good. Yep, all that was brilliant. Yeah. Really felt like you got a lot of information. Very um, easily. Very easily yeah. to make good decisions on the battlefield. And I felt like whenever I made a poor choice, it was because I made a poor choice. Not because you lacked the information to make the right choice. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I spin the camera around easy, always felt like... 
you know, I could see what the little hidden bits of cover were yeah. and what the exact range was on my dudes and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, the only thing I always found consistently frustrating was the, like, the limited amount of, like, you can shoot or you can move and shoot. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah. I don't know. Why can't I shoot and then move? If I can yes. move and shoot, why can't I, I shoot, shoot and move? move. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much, like, again, maybe I haven't played enough of these games to know that that would drastically change the dynamic of the game. No, I, I, as far as I'm aware, that just slows it down. So when you know where there's aliens, you want to kill the aliens first, so you shoot first. And then if you still have all your moves, you could then move. To set up the next lot, I don't know. I don't know why they made that choice. I, I mean, you only get the one set of movement. Obviously, you wouldn't get the two full. No, no, yeah, you only get two actions. Know? I don't yeah. know. I don't know why they I, chose. It. I guess I'm just jealous because the aliens always get to move when you run I into them. I hate that. I think that's so unfair that the aliens always get to move, and they seem to be able to move much further than they should be able to move as well to get into cover. Oh, they never get stuck out in the open. They always manage to move into cover. Yeah, that's no matter that's where you true. spot them. Yeah. I think that's crap. That shouldn't. I. That I don't think that's fair. We should get a limited move as well if we run into enemies. Like, yes, it, it's oh moment of confusion. Everyone, yes, bail to cover yep. kind of thing. So I still I, I did better with sniper. I got used to putting them in positions that were useful, and yep. so I was getting a lot more kills with the sniper, which yep. is really good. Um, but yeah, not being able to put them in Overwatch unless they're when they've already yeah, moved and yeah, stuff. I'm just yep. I don't be, get and I think you should have stuff like motion detectors that shouldn't cost you an action to use. Yep. You should just be able to equip a motion detector on a soldier and then you see the little dots yeah. where the aliens are moving. Ping, ping. That and would that be... wouldn't make the aliens getting a free move quite so annoying for me. Maybe not. Or oh, even uh, the fog of war, you know, I get that you can't see what the aliens are doing because you're on the ground, but yeah. I don't know why I can't see what the layout is of the buildings. Because... Yeah, yeah, when you could have downloaded that beforehand. I mean, we have drones. We can have the aerial yeah. shot to give me a gist on what's going on. Like, yeah. I find that's a little bit... Yeah. There's a little a bit few, odd, maybe? Yeah, mandatory things uh, there to make it work the way it does. Maybe it, maybe it just makes it too easy and it's just sort of, you know, yeah. got to balance it out or whatever. But mm, mm, I, don't, it's just, I'm feeling, I feel like I'm just picking at... Nitpicking. Nitpicking at little yeah. things. Or maybe it's not that I'm nitpicking. I'm just curious as to why they made that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, the story is still... It ends interestingly. Yeah? Okay. Not, I wouldn't I'm say it ends keep. brilliantly, but it ends interestingly. All right. I'm going to keep knocking away at this. I think it's yeah. a good one. Like a, to... It's certainly great at the end. You get to have so much power. It's so much fun to play. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the aliens really have to I work mean, really hard. Every to, time I get, get a new upgrade, I feel like, yeah. yes, I'm, I'm getting more powerful. Yeah. You know, yeah. They get promotions yeah. and stuff. It's great when you go, yes, promotion on your guy. Like that yeah. feels really good. And, yeah, every every mission I play and win, someone gets a promotion. It seems I don't know if that slows yeah. down later on. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, but they feel like super. Like my my ranger that I've had from the very beginning, and yeah. whenever she dies, I've always got to go back and reload because I can't. No, I'm can't super attached Diane now. Lee. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing yeah. that I found annoying was when your mm. hidden ability was crap. So you know how every soldier has a hidden ability that the Advanced Warfare Center reveals? Oh, yeah. Okay. So sometimes it's completely useless, the one you get. Uh, but then other times it's great. Like I got run and gun on my heavy. So my heavy could move and shoot and move again. Ooh. Or move and then move and shoot, I think it is. Yeah, right. So running gun's a ranger ability. So that ranger's yeah, getting yeah, clutching yeah. the shotgun. But my heavy got it. So it's really useful on my heavy. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I'd like it if... 
the advanced warfare center could show you what potential the soldier might have. So I don't know something. Something maybe. This yeah. soldier chance of getting these things. Yeah, two of my main characters had rubbish bonus abilities. <laughs> one of them didn't get one at all. Oh, because she obviously got at the first level. Oh. And she was already level three by the time I built the Advanced Warfare Center. Oh, so she never right. got one, my main specialist. Yep. And then my sniper, my main sniper got a a ridiculous one. I can't remember what it was, but it was... Running gun. Not useful for a sniper. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't running gun. It was something dumb. I think it was plus one armor or something dumb like that. <laughs> a sniper's never getting shot anyway, so... Yeah, they're getting shot. It's not, not, something's yeah. gone drastically wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like this game, surprisingly. Good. I didn't think I was going to like it. Good. I really thought no, I'd be like... I didn't think you were going to like it either. No, no. But it is pretty slick. It's a pretty good game. If, I think if the UI wasn't so slick and it wasn't so easy to make decisions and put through orders, yeah, I think I wouldn't have liked it. I still hate waiting for the aliens to make their go. I want a four-time yeah, speed yeah. thing. Like, just get just it over it. with. Just get done like, with. I don't need to like... Because... You know things bad's going to happen to your squad. I don't need to sit there and watch it go through really slowly. Like I almost feel like I want to get up and just walk away. Like yeah, whatever happens, after. happens. I'll just come back and just and deal, deal with, with it. it. Yeah. You know, I have no agency during this time. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the animations are a bit slow. Yeah, like I've seen them. Awkward. It's a bit dramatic, yeah. but then they're like, yeah, yeah I've seen that before. Away. I like how like if I like send someone off to heal, I can just tab over to the next character and start issuing orders, yeah, and that yeah. just goes off and does its thing. Yeah, it does its thing. That's really nice as well. So it keeps the pace up. Yeah, for a game that is pretty slow, at least. Now, interesting enough, I don't think you'd enjoy XCOM the first one. XCOM no one. I don't think you'd enjoy that because it's it's actually quite a different game. Oh really? Yeah, I don't, it's not as enjoyable. I don't think. Uh, so there's a. There's a slither of, of, of yeah, turn-based stuff that I... Yeah, they've yeah. improved XCOM 2 enough that you enjoy it. Okay, okay. Uh, so that's, that's my thoughts on XCOM 2 for the moment. As I said, I'm going to keep playing this one. I want to keep plugging through the missions because I do really enjoy yeah, you know, cracking on good. the mission and stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll check back in a little bit later once I've got my full six on the field. Yeah, that's good. That's even better. Get some more soldiers. I like the little black market they've got as well where you can buy things there as I well. I didn't use that very much. No, I had no. bought a few things from there now. Yeah, a couple I didn't of scientists and stuff like that. And also you get the weapon add-ons from there. They're the most they're actually the most valuable thing to buy from the black uh, market. Right. Because they're the things that you've got zero control over usually. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So they're the best things Been to buy from the wasting black market. my intel and supplies. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Hate that. So interestingly enough, I got a survey from 2K Games about my thoughts on XCOM 2. Really? Yes, just during Random. the week. So I thought that was really interesting. So okay. I answered that. It's quite an intensive survey. I asked all sorts of stuff like, what do you think about the base building? What do you think about the combat? What do you think about the pacing? So it was quite a good survey. So I thought that was ironic that I got that while we're podcasting about XCOM 2. Are you listening, 2K? Well, I told them to. I put that in. Yeah, in the, any other comments, I put it in. <laughs> Love it. And I also found out today yeah. about another game. So Julian Gollop, I think his name is, is the guy that did the original XCOM back in 1994, mm-hmm. UFO Enemy Unknown. Oh, right. Okay. And he's yeah. been wanting to do a proper... So he did a few, like XCOM t- Terror from the Deep and XCOM Apocalypse. There's been a few others that I think Julian was involved in. Yeah. But he's doing a new one. Hmm. That he kickstarted. I oh, didn't kickstart. It was like a fund, crowdfunder. Yeah, I yep. say kickstarter, but I mean crowdfund source. And probably because of the, the success of XCOM, 
and he wanted to tackle a few things. So he specifically wanted to tackle it being hard at the start and easy at the end. And so this one, uh, it's Phoenix Point, Phoenix Point or Point Phoenix or something like that. It's called. It's in uh, development at the moment, but it's uh, a mutagenic mist. So in the, the Phoenix Point, Phoenix Point, in the ice caps, the ice caps have thawed out because of global warming, and they've released mm. this mutagenic disease. I love how that was the the plot was that climate change is like unfrozen something yep. you know in the in the it's Cthulhu from yep. the north or whatever yeah you know so this sounds demon. quite interesting so they yeah. so the aliens evolve based on your tactics mm. so there's an AI thing that will evolve the aliens based on how you're fighting them that's going to be super, they're not aliens uh, they're mutants oh well, yeah whatever so that's things, interesting you know, yeah yeah and the there's going to be boss. Mutants that you got to take out bits of them. That was fascinating. When yeah. I was in the video, and you had like you can shoot the head or the mandibles, and this one's got like super complicated. Like this yeah. one's got some amount of armor, and we can't shoot the legs because that's behind the cover. Yeah, but the head we can definitely can shoot. It's open at the moment, so let's go for that instead. You know, like having that breakdown in points is more yeah, like uh, yeah. so you uh, shoot his yeah. main attacking thing, and he does less damage when he attacks you and. You know, but the thing yeah. that I liked the sound of the most, yeah. well, actually, two things. Mm. He said there's lots of equipment. I didn't think there was enough equipment in XCOM, to be honest with you. So, this one, there's lots of different equipment options mm. for your soldiers, and your soldiers are much harder to kill. So, mm. your soldiers will get psychic trauma, they post here, they you know, post traumatic stress disorder, and they'll get fear responses, and they'll get all this stuff that you got to deal with, but your soldier can still fight. Yeah, so that sounds interesting to me. That's the thing that. I do think that soldiers die too easily in XCOM. So this is yeah, they, this they is quite good. Do. It sounds like the couple of things that he's going to do is going to stop that save reloading all the well, time. Well, you know, if my soldier gets like a leg injury and can't move quite as far, yeah, it loses then, one movement point. You know, and then like later on, I get some new research where I can fix, exoskeleton. Yeah, you know, yeah. And now he's got extra movement because now he's wearing his exoskeleton <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But maybe then as well, like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, he can't have it. It's an armor type, so he can't choose a different armor type. He has to have yeah, the exoskeleton. That's it, you know. So yeah, like trade offs. Lots of trade offs. Lots of yeah. trade offs. Feels like that's what he's kind of going for. But man, does it look like XCOM two in it terms does. of the way it looks yeah, and plays yeah. and uh, the UI and all that sort of stuff? Which is yeah. maybe that's just like the best way of doing one of these games is that sort of interface. Yeah. So that's what. Yeah, there's another one I played a long time ago. It wasn't Alien Breed. It was something like Alien Breed, but it looked very similar to that as well. Yeah, it was turn-based and you leveled up your heroes as you went through. And unlike XCOM where there's like two choices, this was there's multiple choices and you can build a heavy weapon trooper. And in order to build a heavy weapon trooper, you have to decide that's what you want to do because you've got to invest all the experience points unlocking their ability to carry the heavy weapons oh, yeah. and their ability to move and shoot mm. the heavy weapons as opposed to just moving or just shooting the heavy weapon. And so Jeez. that was quite good. You could really specialize your soldiers. Yeah. And you you would find unique bits of equipment that you had to get experience points spent to use those unique bits of equipment. Yeah. So that was really good too. That was a long time ago that was. But that, yeah, very similar. And I, I like that there was more RPG elements in that. Like XCOM 2 has got very, very limited RPG elements. It's a choice of two things as you go up levels and then your choice of three bits of equipment. But well, it sounds the like equipment's have a- iterative rather than... Differentiative, yeah. Dif- differentiative. Is that even a word? Ah, t- I'll yeah. accept it. Yeah. Um, as well, like it's in this one, may have a smaller squad. 
as well so you can get more attached to them because they're not dying off all the time yes, kind of exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Like, you really personalize your squad. Wounds, stuff like that. Yeah, but that sounds quite exciting. Yeah, and you could shoot and move as well. No, that you, one, yes. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and you can move and move as well. Yes. So if you move and things don't quite turn out how you thought and you've got moving points left, yes, you can reserve your points yes, for shooting only still. Got, I think movement – every other turn-based I've played had movement points, yes, not as just opposed to moves, a move. sir, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, which I think is better. Yeah, so this could be good. Mm. I'm going to keep my eye out on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's early access at the moment, so yes. you can probably start playing it if you desire. Yeah, I'm not sure about early access, but mm. it's, Depends this on the is game. my genre of game, so I might actually check it out. Yeah, just keep an eye. It might come on sale at some point. Pick it yeah. Up. Mm. yeah. Definitely, definitely interested to see. See, you know, it's... That's interesting. Like, is there certain people that just make good quality of these types of games? And obviously, this guy's got a pedigree for it. So yes. I really want to see what someone who has been making this type of game for the last 20 years comes up with, yeah, yeah. You know, with modern game yeah. techniques and, yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely. And all that, all that, because obviously he's playing other games, all that experience he brings in and then distills into the new one is always yeah. very interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, Just like Bioware mm. are known for the great storytelling in their games. And every game Bioware release, every game that Bioware releases and releasing in the future has great storytelling as its main feature. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. <laughs> like, when does the luminary, like this guy, right? Yeah. Um, Julian, Julian Gollop. Right. When he leaves for Axis yep. and is made excellent by a different team of people, it, it's missing his magic, you know? Wow. How many. Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri is a great example of that. Yeah, yeah. Brian Reynolds right? actually did Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. Brian Reynolds, who worked with Sid Meier on a lot of the early Civ games. Really? He was the main driving force behind Alpha Centauri, which is why Alpha Centauri is quite different from the other Civ games. Mm. But in my opinion, yep. it has some of the best features of all of the Civ 4X uh, games by far. Yep, but, right. of course, he then left. I can't even think. Was well, that 2K Games? I think it was at uh, the time. Yeah. He yeah. was doing Civ mm. and... Yeah, Civ's gone much more along a different branch than the branches Alpha Centauri was indicating it could go down, mm. which is disappointing. But you're right, it's a good point. There are people that are very good at some things, mm. and when they leave the company and go do other things, the company doesn't necessarily can't capture grab that, that magic. magic again. Yeah. You know, and you kind of when you got a franchise. You're stuck in the franchise to some extent. Like, how much can a franchise move and grow over time? Like, how much is it allowed to move and grow by the audience? Like, COD is, like, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. Yeah. And if it wasn't Call of Duty, people would not be impressed about it. I mean, Infinity War took that to a new offshoot and it was not popular because it wasn't like Call of Duty. Wanted to play kind of thing. And so, where does that leave you as a developer, as a studio, when you can't do something different with your property? Well, you actually buy someone else's property as another studio. Well, it's always, a, always so an option. Yeah. If Interplay yes. wraps up with only Fallout 1 and 2 under their belt, yep. Bethesda can pick up the Fallout franchise and do a completely different game but still call out Fallout 3. It's, you know, interesting. Like, why is it, is it better that you do – is it better to leave Fallout 1 and 2 to the graveyard never to be touched again or, like, can it only – should Bethesda come up with their own thing? It's fascinating. Would people be happy to ditch to lose Fallout Three and Fallout Four, maybe Fallout Seventy Six, to get Fallout Three New Vegas? 
like, is that one diamond worth, you know, uh, having Bethesda have the rights to the property as opposed to it just sitting? Well, in, no, in considering Interplay was forever. dead and Interplay was never going to make another Fallout game. It's better than nothing? It's better than nothing, yeah. But I much prefer the style of game that Fallout 1 and 2 were. Yeah. yeah. As much as I enjoyed Fallout 4, and I For did enjoy Fallout 4. Reasons, yeah. And I enjoyed the theme of Fallout 4 being still the Fallout theme. That, that but lore and stuff. the actual massive freedom that you had in Fallout 1 and 2 and the sophistication because it was a turn-based combat system with action points, the massive sophistication that they could put into the combat mm. just isn't matched at all. It's much more player agency in Fallout 3 and 4. Yeah. You as a player have much more impact on how your character in the game succeeds, survives or dies. Yep, yep. Whereas, because I'm not necessarily so good at doing headshots from halfway across the map, <laughs> I liked that I could set up a sniper character in Fallout 1 that could do headshots from halfway across the map. Yep. And yep. all I would say was to do headshot from halfway across the map and it would Got cost nine it. action points to execute it. Boom. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good but- example of... I would say, well, it is still the Fallout franchise, but they're definitely Fallout 3 and New Vegas and Fallout 4 and definitely Fallout 76 are very, very, very different games from Fallout 1 and 2. So is Fallout Shelter. Oh, yeah, and so is Fallout Shelter, yeah. So uh, so, it's like, so franchises obviously can move and grow, but bringing that player base along with it can be very challenging. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. Blizzard just got that lesson in spades with the new... Diablo announcement as well, being that oh the mobile game, mobile game, yeah. Well, they, I think, I don't have any. The problem with making a mobile game is not really what I want to play, but you don't, you know, uh, you don't go to your hardest of core players, Diablo players, at an event that costs two hundred bucks a ticket and costs fifty bucks to watch the stream of it. Oh God! Tease them about a new Diablo property. Say it's it's a a mobile mobile game. game. Like, they're going to lynch you. They're not. I think rightfully so. You got. You got to be careful when you start playing. Like when you're a creator, you want nothing more than people to really want and enjoy what you create. Yes. But at the same time, you have the responsibility in that, and then toying with people's yeah, you know, yeah expectations wallets. and emotions and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I think what they got the blowback they got was because they're getting a little bit tone deaf, maybe. Well, to what their player yeah, base yeah. maybe not wants. I mean, this basically Diablo and more is going to make all the money. I have yeah. no doubt, and aiming for a Chinese market, and that's sort of a game that the chi- that, that, yeah, that they love. market loves. Yeah. They can make all the money in the world, and that's amazing for them. But like, don't take it to BlizzCon and announce it as your yeah, keynote yeah, your keynote game. It can be like we're doing Diablo Four, and as a side jag, Diablo Immortals also yeah. over here is this little taster treat for yeah. people who are interested. Don't make the like front Bethesda and with their what was Bethesda's mobile sword and sorcery one? Oh. That they, they talked about at E3. I missed that. Blades missed that. and something. Oh, right. Okay. But they were all about Fallout because they knew Fallout is their big franchise. Yep. yep. And they were about Oblivion and stuff. Yep. But then they said, plus, we've also done this mobile game mobile that you might want to try. Yeah. yeah. Like they, people, they knew it was a different... Different thing. Yeah. Different reaction. So, yeah. like, you know, when you take a franchise in a new direction, you've got to be really careful about that. And how much easy. would we have enjoyed playing... How much more or mm. less... Would we have enjoyed playing Andromeda, a space story, as opposed to Mass Effect Andromeda? <sighs> That's a good question. How much does it did did Andromeda really need to be set in the Mass Effect universe? Universe. Well, it wasn't. 
It wasn't even set in the Mass well, Effect universe. True. Galaxy. The Mass Effect yeah. mythos. Yeah, mythos. Yeah, that's what I sort of... I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it didn't. It didn't really. It didn't need it to didn't be said at all. Anything no. at all. No, they didn't use anything from that. Well, they did. They used all of that. All that. I'm thinking just from a corporate thing, they've got all this um, design work that they've done, all these assets they've created. Yes. Yeah. That all needs to be redone. If you're going to have a new, new, new world, a new, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, I want to say universe again, but that's not the right guy you're going to call me. <laughs> again. Uh, what do you call it? Like, what's the, um, what's the word for like, the, the setting, the Star whole like system. backstory, everything needs to be recreated yeah. from scratch. Yeah. Like that's a lot of work there. I can see them sort of saying, you know, setting something in an existing, um, yeah, mythology. Mythology yeah. is a lot cheaper. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, but that's but an example. Yeah. of them misusing that. I think. I think and John was a poor example of that just because it was such a poor because the development it went through and yeah. having the split like it. It was well, and Dragon Age not, is another yeah. good example because Dragon Age 2 is so different from Dragon Age 1 and Dragon Age Inquisition is so different from Dragon Age 2. So, again... Mm, do you think Dragon Age 3 is so different from 2? I feel yeah, that I one do. is... I feel like one is like... It's a totally different game. Yeah, because one, is a, totally one is, a, is a computer RPG. Yeah. Number two is it's a an console action. RPG. Yeah, it's an action RPG. You know, it's taking over that extra market that can't do what the, P, the way that yeah. we did RPGs on PC only kind of thing. And I feel like three, like uh, yeah, three is closer to way closer to two than two is to one. Yes, it is, but it's still a vast break from two. Yeah, well, I guess the difference is like two is fun is functionally a linear RPG yeah. with yeah. Mm, big maps, but linear RPG where three is an open world. Open world, yeah. So they didn't. Which I don't necessarily. I don't even think it's an open world RPG. I don't. No, it's not. It's, it's a. This. It's a ridiculously large first area. RPG, <laughs> unnecessarily <laughs> and badly decisioned. That first area, you're right? RPG. That decision to make that area first so big at the start was retarded. fundamentally a poor. It was just retarded. It decision. was just simply a retarded decision. Yeah, but going back to what I was going to say, so the Dragon Age kept kept the mythology of the world quite well through three different games. They didn't yep. betray their mythology. No. But they did completely change their game style. Yeah. Across the three iterations. And I think that's okay. I think a developer is allowed to explore and expand and try new things yes. with it. As long as they stay true to what they... Are. And Andromeda kind of did as well. Like, it's kind of the same mythology. Like, they're saying all the same stuff is there. I think the problem with Andromeda is Mass Effect was a story of Commander Shepard. Yes. It really was. And Shepard was such a capable person Yeah, that as... Your avatar, it was a really enjoyable experience being Shepard. Whereas Ryder was a twin, firstly, a twin, so therefore never been alone, theoretically, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, spiritually, never been alone. Yeah. And was also the sibling, uh, so the, the offspring of a really successful Pathfinder person, or like yeah. a hero. So you're already in the shadow. Yeah. So it was just a, an odd decision. I to think, make such an underwhelming opening for that character. And I read somewhere just recently about that opening scene, how someone was like, they didn't do enough to attach you to your sibling, to make you care about your sibling who no, is immediately in. Yeah. And then yeah. as well as um, they didn't take enough time to get you reacquainted with your long-lost dad. Yeah, think, no. Absent father kind of thing. Yep. It's a common trope, but it's, there's a lot of material you can mine there. Yeah. 
And they said, sort of said, well, they, what they should have done is had three or four missions with you and your sibling and your father yes. going and out your squad and mates. show lots of friction yeah, yeah. between dad being not being around. Oh, now you're here. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. build up some tension, build up a bit of, and then they have a massive accident. Dad dies, sibling goes into yeah. the chamber, yeah. and now you're by yourself. You had these people around yeah. you were starting to maybe form some bonds, yeah. and now it's ripped away, and now you're the leader. And have all and sorts to- of useful abilities where, like, one of the other, you mark them, and then the other sibling shoots them and blows them up. Or the, so all these things yeah, that you okay. really make you, even yeah. gameplay-wise, rely on your dad and your sibling. Yeah, maybe. Set yeah. the whole thing up, and yep. there's this massive reliance, and then... Yeah, well, then suddenly, break it apart. Suddenly, you know? being a lone character would have an impact on yeah. you as a player. Maybe like the it's Hyperion investment. The Hyperion was that the ship? Yeah, it spends a bit of time checking out planets, trying to find the 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 Nexus. Yeah, and had that, and then you know they go through the last one's disastrous. Then you run into the Nexus, and then you're thrust into yeah, the political yeah. intrigue of the Nexus and all their problems, and you know, and yeah. you. Brothers in or sisters in that. They you could know. have done a lot, couldn't they? I thought that was a really small change that would have made, and that just goes again. That comes back to that game did not get the development it needed, it needed. to be no. a good game. It didn't get the thought it needed to be no. a good game. And you know, for all those reasons, where like with Fallout, they kind of can circumvent that because it it really is about the world and yes. who you are who can you are change is, because yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. A vault. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? the vault. The vault dweller is. Uh, Identical in so many ways to the Soul Survivor. Identical in so many ways to the Soul Survivor's offspring, who's I forget what that character's called. Yep, yep. So they are effectively all the same character anyway. Yeah. Whereas Commander Shepard was so distinct and a war hero mm. and a survivor and a veteran yep. and already so competent and people already wanted to follow them. And Yeah. But no one knew who this writer person was. No one cared about who the writer person was. And I think as well, like... They probably did a better job of. There was some resist. I, I remember correctly on the first Mass Effect game, even though Shepard was well known, there was some resistance from the crew about her being in charge and things as well. I think Joker wasn't particularly fond of you. Well, at the no, that's beginning. because the captain dies. Right that's at the right. Because you're the you're, you're the yeah XO, you're the XO. Aren't you? yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then you get field promotion. Yes, because, because the captain dies. They give you a little bit of time to get. Yeah, bedded in before they rip it away. Where in Andromeda, they they kind of did the same thing, but they didn't give it enough breathing space. No, you pretty much just walk into the game and boom, your father's dead on the ground. Like yeah. that's like two seconds later. That's how yeah. it feels in my memory, at least. Anyway, no, it was the end of that whole first planet. Mm. He dies at the end of the whole first planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even the, it's not even a whole mission you get to go through before. And the other the other mistake. Yeah. This is the. The really big, and I don't know why we're talking about Andromeda again. We, I don't know. I just we seem to have gone back franchise. I'm talking about franchise and how yeah. like how franchise, but yeah. Anyway, go but on. But that first, that so there's that one mission where you go with your dad, and your dad keeps shouting to the VI to change his kit. Yes. The first playthrough, I didn't see a single thing he did because I went running into the room uh, to look for loot. Yeah. Because I know how those games work, and yeah. they hide good loot in places where you're going to walk past it. So yep. I went and looked at all the loot. And I got some really good loot, but I didn't see a single thing that he was doing. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this cutscene with him dying again. Just, just poor polish. Yeah, poor so that was like, bad. They shouldn't have. They should have made it so there were no loot crates at all. Yeah, and you literally just followed your dad and watched your dad carving up. No loot crates. No opportunity to lose where your dad is. I need another year. So I need another year. They did. Yeah, but we were talking about. Franchises. Franchises yes. and how now we've got- um, Brown cow. Well, <laughs> Fallout 1 and 2. 
completely different game. Yes. Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4. Similar yep. kind of in things. And, and now, now Fallout 76. Six. Multiplayer. And survival-ish. It is it is it survival-ish? Well, I... I it's yeah. not survival-ish as in horrible beasts are going to eat you at, at night time if you don't have a shelter. Well, it's survival-ish as if you find a gun, yeah. but you're going to run out of ammo really quickly. You're going to run going to make your own ammo. You've got to eat and drink. Yeah, okay. You know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, so there's the, no vendors or anything imminent like that. death is, is not closer. there at night time. I don't think so. But it's so. more so there than it is in Fallout 3 or 4. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Uh, and... After playing Conan, we were so in, in preparation for playing Fallout 76, the crew decided we would play a fresh um, a fresh start on Conan Exile. So of course. brand new yeah. world, start from level one. Not that we we have all the I mean turned up really high, so you get to the max level pretty quick and whatnot in it. And again, it comes back to, well, I think I'm still gonna buy 76 and give it a go, but I think it's not gonna work as well. Because it very much is a solo experience yeah. still because you With can't people there. share bases. The worlds are not your world. The world is just a... It's just uh, a world. Just a, just a world. It's an instance of the exact same yeah. thing. And, you know, I got on first onto the server because, you know, I run the server, so I was getting it up and running, making sure. Create a little squanch base at the very start of the map for people when they first get in, they can come somewhere and have somewhere to yeah. get some food, get some water have somewhere to go back and, you know, put their bedroll down or whatever, you know, and then we sort of said, okay, we're going to go to a new biome and start a base. So four of us jumped together and we fought our way up into the new area. Yep. Went, this is a really good spot. Let's, Let's start build a building a base, yep. you know, and one of the guys loves building huge bases. So we're like, yep. okay, we'll go collect a bunch of resources and for you, you. You build the base. And build the base. And then you come back and log in again and there's more of the base, you yep. know, now it's got a roof. Now it's got a bunch of storage. Now it's got this, that's you know. that's quite exciting. It is. Yeah. In Fallout, you're not going to get any of that because if, if he's not on, the base doesn't exist. There. Oh, it doesn't exist at all. Well, it's not. I don't, I, 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 as far as I'm aware, you can't because your camp is tied to an instance of a world. Someone could log in and not be in your instance of the world. They're not going to have access to your camp because oh, it's not the same that's instance really strange, of the world. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, whereas this is the one, one instance, world. And so yeah. he logged in and I'd built this hobo town at the side of his building because <laughs> I, want, I wanted a damn steel sword and steel picks and stuff and I wasn't going to wait around for him to finish building this huge base. So I just started slapping down stuff outside, which he hates. Yeah. But, you know, for the reason I did it. But it's functional. Yeah, functional, man. I I had a hardened steel sword by the time he came back and started <laughs> doing it. And that's all that mattered. Um, you know, and like uh came on the other day and there was like, because uh, our base is up quite high, you have to go down to get to the to the rivers and get out. Mm-hmm. One of the guys had built staircases oh, and, and like nifty. deforestation paths through the forest to the teleporters and yeah, yeah. things like that, you know. So you, you, the world's changing. Well, yeah, it's changing and growing yeah. based on the influence you, you've done. We yeah. went and um, uh, four of us went out trekking to get some demon's blood so that we could then go and build the because there's instant teleportation. The demon How, blood portal. How's this? This game. So Conan was going to have um, have mounts. Yep. But they can't do it because their game engine is tile-based. And if you go too fast, you actually get in front of where the tiles render and you fall through the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because of that, they, they put in teleportation instead. Okay. So you build this massive map room yep. thing 
uh, and then you can just teleport to any of the predefined obelisks okay. around there. So our current plan is to build a bunch of these map rooms around in the big locations so you can just teleport across teleport the map. around, yeah. You know, and... Uh, that you needs know, demon blood. You're definitely demon's blood, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we keep going around and they've changed things in different patches so you can't get demon's blood from these people anymore. You need to go over here now. And so it <laughs> it's too massive. easy to get demon blood no matter how to get demon blood. That's exactly what happens, you yeah. know, kind of thing. Um, but we've got our, we got our, we got our two, we all two map rooms. One, we put one at the base and then one at the place where demon's blood is. So now we can go over there and get more demon's blood to then keep building our empire of map rooms across the map. And eventually, I mean, my point is, and there's another thing as well. I don't know how far it's going to go with goals. I don't know what the goal is. Yeah. See, in Conan, you can always say, I want to get this recipe. I want to build this cool armor. I want to go exploring over here, which I suppose you do at Fallout as well. Um, Conan's got a, um, you can remove this slave bracelet, which keeps you trapped in the yeah. exile lands. Yeah. Um, and so you, if you go around and you kill like every boss in the game, they all give you one piece yeah. of the puzzle. Yeah, kind of thing. So that's my goal is to get the bracelet off. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know, you make your own fun in it. Yeah, and I don't know with all the quests and stuff and direction, for it gives you. I don't know if that fun's still going to be there. Yeah, or not. So that's going to be really interesting. Is it actually fun? Yeah. Well, yeah, and because well, Fallout Four was fun because of all the stuff you found when you were exploring, which I think this will still have. Yeah, I got to I got to think that, but whether it has that. Like we need to get demon's blood. Okay, so we'll go up through the passage and we'll climb through that dungeon and we'll be in the north and then we'll run, you know, down through. You know, we need to click fur armor to go through the cold area because it's going to be cold there and go up the volcano and oh no, there's nothing there and then you got to go back all the way. But, you know, I, I don't know if like that's like a whole adventure. Yeah, you know, there like uh, and it's not. There's no quest for it. No, no one told us to go yeah, and do it. You just wanted to do it. We just went. We don't want to run anywhere. <laughs> we want to create teleporters. So, like, this is what we need to make it. You know, have we got enough gold coins? You know, have we ground up enough silver and whatever, yeah. you know? I don't know. And because it's a team effort, like, yeah. I, although I created the map rooms, I didn't collect all the silver. That was collected by someone else who dumped it in one of the chests and we went through and collected it and grinded it up. You know, like, I yeah. didn't create the eye call. Someone else created the fishing traps and put the insects in the fishing traps to collect the fishes to put the fish in the press yeah. to create the eye call you know like it was a massive people got to do what they like doing in the game and contribute to the whole yeah exactly yeah. and you Whereas can't do, can that you do that in if you don't have a base and a place right. for you to gather and do- so you're not selling 76 to me I know I know I'm not selling it to myself either <laughs> to be honest um, that said I like the gunplay in Fallout yeah. the combat in Conan's a bit yeah, whatever um, Whereas the combat in Fallout is pretty good really enjoy that you know yeah. so I guess I don't want to put Fallout in the same bucket as Conan and say you're a survival game you have to be the same as Conan yeah. can you do a survival game that is different to other ones around that still fit inside of the Fallout franchise mm-hmm. and keep people who are interested in the Fallout franchise playing your new iteration of them and introduce them to what Probably survival not. Probably not. <clears throat> That's where I'm leaning. From your from your comments, I'm leaning at probably well, not. Take my comments. I think come from more. I've played other survival games like Rust, Ark, and Conan. Yeah. And going to Fallout feels like a step backwards. Like, I'm, like I'm Fallout. Going into a Fallout thing where I don't I don't know how much of the jump is then for someone who's played Fallout single player to jump into this because yeah. it is yeah, still still Fallout single player single player. Uh, it's going to be interesting. 
And did you see what the what, how the community? I mean, uh, the community's been pretty crappy about this whole thing. Um, but once the game's out, and people can actually really dig the yeah claws into. Will it, it will change? It will people feel better or worse about it? Well, we'll find out very soon. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, Thursday. Thursday. So next podcast, I'll have some more. Reports Actual on that. Actual Fallout 76 reports. Yeah, rather than just the limited beta windows yeah. that were open before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in other news, uh, previous developer of game... Uh, oh, damn, I've forgotten what we play on the podcast. It was made by Obsidian. Um, yeah, so have I. Obsidian did... Tyranny? I th- yeah, is it Tyranny? Yeah. They made Pills of Eternity, but I think we did that on the podcast. We talked about it a bit. No, we so it must be it. it must be Tyranny. Yeah. Am yeah. I wrong on that? Well, Tyranny and Pillars of same Eternity are the same developer. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I really should have wrote that part down in my notes, but I didn't because I thought I would remember it for the podcast. Yeah. Now I had all this doubt about who developed it. Tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been bought by Microsoft. Okay. Which is an interesting buy because if you look at like um, the history, uh, Bungie did great stuff under Microsoft's yes. um, ownership and then yep. eventually bought themselves back out again yep. of the company. Um, Rare, bit of a mixed bag, but Rare wasn't doing anything before Microsoft bought them anyway. So, yep. you know, kind of thing. They don't really have that kind of track record of crushing developers under their boot heels no, as no. other ones do. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, apparently Pillars 2 was a flop. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so they were not in a good financial position. Okay. So if they weren't bought out, they might not even be around anymore. But Lionhead Studios is another one that disappeared under Microsoft's auspices. They did, but they were making a game that didn't work. Didn't they Didn't they make a game and they, they I canned it? I was so looking forward to that. Fable Legends, it looked great. Yeah. It looked like the first four versus one that was going to be actually any good. I want to hear a back-end, like a behind-the-scenes story on that one because I find it hard to believe that any game gets cancelled when it's really good. I feel like there's always a like a like there's something wrong with the game. That's well, why that, it didn't go so, through. The thing they said was we'd made a game that we didn't think people wanted to play. Is that true or not? It's hard to know until... Yeah, I don't think so. I really wanted to play it. It yeah. looked fantastic. So the problem with 4 versus 1 mm. is that they like evolved. They made the mistake that they made the one person one thing, one yep. monster. Yep. Whereas Fable, you were the dungeon master. You had a whole bunch of traps. You had a whole bunch of minions. You had a whole bunch of money to buy resources with and you just kept dropping them down in the path of the heroes, mm. trying to slow the heroes down. Maybe the concept is good, but they didn't have that magic person to... Find a way to make it all yeah, work. To make it all well. work. Yeah, they clearly worked out the heroes quite well because mm. that's what they're good at. The Fable games, the hero stuff is all quite good. Yeah. So I think they got the heroes working mm. quite well. But yeah, it was probably the dungeon master that didn't quite work out how to get it to work. So I guess we'll see whether Obsidian falls under the boot heel. They also bought Microsoft. Also bought In Exile, who made uh, Wasteland, Wasteland Two. Yeah. Uh, Tor- <coughs> Torment Tides of Numeria, which I don't think sold well either. No, because it was a. It was a, uh, it was an unusual game in that it was mostly talking. Yeah. It was a conversation simulator, not a combat simulator, which would only appeal to a very specific subset of players. Which maybe it was a, I don't know, I don't know anything about them whether they were whether it was a financial failure or not. I mean, it might not have sold well, but it might have still made. I don't think it sold money. very well because mm. uh, the Xbox Day One version is still. They're still trying to offload that. Yeah. So if they still haven't sold all their day one versions, it didn't do very well. Okay. Never mind then. So, well, they've been acquired by Microsoft, so maybe Microsoft can help them 
you know, maybe... Well, hopefully that means it's going to come on Xbox Live Gold for free soon and I can play it finally. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's all that sort of... Bon- well, I mean, the thing about like being in India versus being under Microsoft is the marketing budget that you get. Yeah, yeah. You know, can so make or bigger. break a game. Maybe it was just enough. Maybe Pillars 2 would have done better if it had just another million dollars of marketing on top yeah. that they couldn't provide. Yeah. Um, as well as... What, what what does concern me is are they going to be like Windows Store exclusives on the PC? Because that would not be great. I would not enjoy. No, that, that wouldn't. Be, I don't think they'd be stupid enough to do that. I, know. <sighs> I mean, see, I, this this is how I think about Microsoft. I don't think they would interfere with the developer in making good stuff. I think they would actually leave them alone to make good yeah, games. But the monetization version. But that, like putting them on the Windows Store, they, so they can yeah, sell, yeah. like they can that that's, that's something that Microsoft would do. Yeah, I yeah. feel. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. So it was just a bit of. Side news would be interesting. Microsoft tend to buy a lot of indie developers and okay. to, yep. you know see how they go. Uh, Anthem, you watched uh, twenty an- minutes of yeah. gameplay footage with the two develop two of the developers. Yes, tell me what you <laughs> thought. So, well, you know, we've heard these people that snuck in to the demo and played it, and they said it plays fantastic. It's good fun to play. Mm. But I watched this twenty minute demo. And I didn't think it looked anywhere near as much fun as Destiny did to play. Admittedly, they were playing a sequence that was designed for four players and only had two. But it's a 20-minute uh, demo. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. Just, so what you're telling me is that the developers of this game know the content is made for four people. They're going to publicly stream it to, uh, to like a game that hasn't been seen very often and you're not going to show it off at its best. Oh, and they also said, people? they also said our javelins aren't necessarily properly equipped for this fight. But yeah. Uh, what are they doing? What are like... And in the whole 20-minute foot gameplay, I think I saw them find one hidden chest and that was the only loot that dropped from what I could see in 20 minutes of gameplay. Mm, in what's supposed to be a looter shooter, we, where loot should be dropping okay. every five or six minutes. Right, right. So, and I really didn't. I really didn't like the jetpacks. I got to say, I really didn't like the jetpacks. Doesn't work for me. Having to manage another resource for you to have to manage in the middle of combat, particularly mm. as the guy you were mostly following was the storm character. Oh yeah, who gets all these bonuses when they're hovering. Yeah, but the hover is limited. Yeah, so they hover. They've got the hover mechanic. But their hover uses their jetpack boost stuff still. So, I don't know. I wasn't sold. It didn't look good. It looked bland and crap. And the the enemies were hard to differentiate what they were. And they were fighting this old temple. So, there were all these pillars blocking your line of sight all the time. And, yeah, it it didn't make me not want to play it. But it certainly didn't ratchet up my enthusiasm for the game as I was expecting it to. I, I can't get over there. Played a two, a four-player sequence with two people, and not yeah. And so one of them was the storm, and the other one was the the, like, the secret javelin that they've hardly revealed if, any info. The close quarters. Javelin. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna have two players doing it because that's what you've got, that's fine. Just play some two-player content. Well, no, they were doing uh, free roam in the world, and they just stumbled well, upon a world it's event. Not, but it's not not staged I mean they know that they're going to do this stream it's not just two guys just jumping on and just giving it a go no I mean, but that's what they yeah that was, that was two guys jumping on and giving not, it a go but it's not it's the developers who know this game so well and yet they still couldn't find some stuff that would show off their game and make As it look good two player content yeah and this is Alpha Build. It said Alpha Build the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, And I mean, some of the icons were missing. The and loot and stuff, I can feel like that, that's something that can be tweaked. Yeah. But I'm more interested in 
how they're presenting this thing because I don't I don't understand why when we see it officially presented it's garbage, and people who play it say it's good. Yeah, these two things. So there were two bits that made it look good to me. Yeah, okay. There was one bit where the storm guy hovered up above the temple and found a stairwell choke point. Yeah, right. And said, oh, if you can funnel them into the stairwell, I can drop my unique yep. and we can kill them all. Ah, cool. So the run-in, run-out uh, melee guy ran in and ran out and drew them all into the stairwell oh, and then he did his AOE. He I did his that. unique AOE in the stairwell. I love And they all just went, bleh. Oh so that God. that looked good. That looked like actual tactics. Yeah, and it impacted the gameplay and how we, you know, there were they killed like eight or nine enemies from one fancy bit of tactics. So that looked good. Yeah, but then also there were some couple of points where he's jumping around the side of the map and there's these tiny little ledges. There's massive cliff face and a tiny little ledge, and he's jumping and land on the ledge and he's jumping and land on the ledge and then he fall down into the river down the bottom and that looked like there was lots of failed exploration and. Why, why are you doing a puzzler jumping platform thing when you have a jetpack? Well, no, well, because the jetpack doesn't work properly. The jetpack has limited fuel. I mean, so it was so managed. Weird. So, so the temple was on the side of a cliff, and what he was trying to do was trying to get around to the other side of the fight. But instead of going all the way around the outside of the fight, he tried to go around the back of the cliff. Yeah, right. And that was built in. It was there. There were ledges that you could do that. Yeah. But clearly, you couldn't successfully do it on your first time trying to do it because it was a jumping puzzle. That managed your jetpack resources. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So and of course, fuel. when he fell down the bottom, he fell into the lake, then his jetpack instantly cooled, and he could just jetpack straight back oh, up again. Okay. So it's not a fuel thing, it's still that heat mechanic. It's a heat mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. No worries. I just so thought it was. jetpack overheats and you plummet to the ground. I mean, I don't have. I don't necessarily have a problem with the limited jetpack per se, like just the concept of it, but how it can be implemented, I think, is. The reason I say that is because the gliding in, in Guild Wars 2 is limited. Like, you jump yeah. off something and you fall slowly to the ground. Yeah. It is one of the most fun things to do is oh, ratchet and clank. Things. The, the gliding in Ratchet and Clank. You know? Yeah, it, it's good. But it's how it's... It's how the game's designed for you to do that do glide that sort of from thing. platform to platform. Exactly. You yeah. know? Um, Whereas, clearly, this, the different javelins have different jetpack abilities. I'm kind of amazing. Like, I suspect the Colossus yeah. jetpack is crap because the javelin suit will be so heavy. I would imagine that Colossus' jetpacks well, overheat almost straight I thought the Storm character away. would have a limited jetpack because they're kind of like a weird magic class, magic class. No, but it looks like the jetpack is their thing because they're supposed to always be hovering. Yeah. Or like some sort of, maybe it's like jetpack, they've got an anti-grab thing, so they're always yeah. sort of half floating around yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, but then it's because it's, has to be really light build because you, you know, you're, yeah, you're, 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 yeah. Yeah. the old trade-off thing starts coming yeah. in. <sighs> I don't know, Tony. I just I don't see okay, I watched the Fallout uh seventy six stream yep. when it was first the beta first launched and it was one of the guys from Bethesda yep. who came down to Australia yep. and was two streamer have a channel guys. One was streaming yep. and one was just running commentary. Yeah. That was great. That was just exploration running around kind of thing. Um and you could tell that they were just exploring and stuff like that. But they didn't sort of. It was that was like you got one guy who's not played the game before. He's gonna like yeah. mess up. Oh, what's this? Not, what's around here? Oh. Yeah, you know, and that was, and then they're like, oh, and like someone's like, he's like, oh, what's this up here? And he starts shooting at him, and the dev's like, yeah, that's a level fifteen super mutant. That's kind of gonna kill you. And he's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But that was because it was 
set up that way. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Not when there's two developers of the game. Like, show off the best parts of your game. Show how yeah, amazing well, th- it can be when yeah. you've got two people running around. Yeah. You know where the good bits are. I think also the, it looked bad because the quality of the stream wasn't very good as well. Oh, and that, that, you yeah. should check it out and see what you think. All right. Bring it back to the next podcast. But I was... <sighs> weird. I was whelmed. Yeah, right. I was underwhelmed by the loot drops. I was whelmed by the... See, I mean, you say Destiny appearance. 2 looked, looked... Well, I haven't played Destiny 2. Oh, you haven't played it yet. Destiny 1 I've played. Destiny oh, 1 right. was fabulous. Yep. yep. Destiny 1 nailed it. And if Anthem plays and looks like Destiny, then it's going to be good. Yeah. But that demo didn't... It looked, it looked like they'd ripped off the Venus levels from Destiny, the... All the um, square, pillared, column stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that looked very similar to that, the, the arena they were fighting in, the old temple they were fighting in. But the aliens just looked bland. Mm. Like, Destiny, the aliens are really unique in Destiny. You know when you're fighting the Fallen. You know when you're fighting the Vex. You know when you're fighting the big, fat squat guys whose name eludes me right now. Yep, yep. They're distinctive and they're... Um, you instantly know. You look at them and you instantly know what they are. Yep. Whereas this, again, it could have been the stream quality, but I had no idea what they were fighting. They looked like they may have been enemy javelin suits. I don't know. I didn't really know what was going on. Whereas you should be able to tell just from watching someone else play what's going on. So I was well. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, it's not going to put me off it. No. But, no. We'll, but we'll keep an eye on, of course. Yeah. Hmm. They did talk about gearing the javelins, which I liked. Yes. So you get a left bumper and a right bumper. So I'm talking console mm-hmm. controller here. You get five choices for your left and right bumpers, five different equipment choices. I like that. Mm. So that's 10 bits there already. And then they talked about there's only two choices currently for both bumpers at once. So you got 12 bits of equipment, theoretically, that you can choose between Cool. to equip on your javelins, which is quite a bit of variety. Yeah. As long as it's good variety. Well, yeah, yeah. So they talked about so they talked about the sneaky javelin, not the storm, not the colossus, not the range, the other one. Okay, his name I never remember. <laughs> and he said so. He's built the run in, run out melee build. So all his three bits of equipment are all about doing close melee damage. But he said you can also do a sniper on the same javelin. Yeah, and right. you equip his javelin. He's got a long range attack, yep. and he's all about avoiding taking any damage at all. Oh. And he's attacks at long range, and he's got a support abilities that increase the damage his marked targets take from the other javelins. Okay. So if that's the case for the same javelin, that's two very very different builds. Yeah. The two very different types of gameplay. So that mm. it's it sounds like they've put thought into it, and that's like I was going to think, oh, there's two choices for each of the three slots, but no, there's five choices for the two left and right, and two choices for the and that's just a start. I'm sure they'll come with, if it's successful, I'm sure they'll come up with new kit and they come up with new javelin suits and they'll come up with a whole bunch of new stuff. So I'll just keep going. And you unlock the cust- the what's it called? Vanity. You can unlock oh, the vanity yeah, gear. Okay. You don't only buy the vanity gear. You can actually unlock the vanity gear from quests and oh, loot crates. And I think it's got like collection things like, Lord of the Rings Online, where you have to kill 100 goblins. Oh, yeah. And then you've got like a Goblin Slayer title or something. Yep. I think it's got things like that. You've got really long to progress world generic things, and then you get a little vanity item for completing it. Yeah, sure. That you can put on your Javelin okay. suit. So paint jobs, mm-hmm. um, add-ons like scarves and capes and hmm. 
things like that. And then also uh, like matte finish or gloss finish or interesting. All right. Yeah. So they talked about lots of javelin customization. So, but that's the same in Destiny. You look at the all mm. the different. Um, I can't even think what they're called in Destiny. They're not called javelin suits. Yeah. Well, it's been so long since I've played Destiny. But anyway, mm. they look at them and no two of them look the same. Everyone mm. customizes them out the wazoo the way they want to. So, yes, be interesting to see. It will be. So just like you didn't sell Fallout 76 to you, I haven't sold uh, – to me, I haven't sold Anthem to you. <laughs> no. I – yeah. Check it out. Go and look at it and report yeah, back next we'll, podcast. We'll do. We'll do. I just – I could. I don't – I <sighs> You don't understand. I just I can't get over like you're not going to show off. Well, the best Bioware are making you... a whole lot of stupid decisions at the moment, anyway. So what, are they making stupid? Is it just the marketing team is terrible, or oh, is did it you see the N seven day well? celebrations? Oh yeah, wasn't that that had I... to be the marketing team, and that, that was, was terrible, ridiculous. It was. It was terrible. They uh, how... we're not even going to apologize for anything. How about even like putting your stuff on sale on N seven yes. day? Yes. Like the bare, the barest of minimum of celebration is have you put all the DLC for two bucks. You know, yeah. like get people playing the game. Considering Andromeda is on sale for twenty bucks at the moment or something. Like so, yeah. in-game events, you yeah. know, things like that. Like yeah. uh, it's so tone deaf. I don't know what Bioware's doing. I'm, I'm screwing the pooch. That's what it's called. That's what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, I, I found out too because I was curious. Um, Mike Laidlaw. I know um, that name. He was one of the devs on Inquisition. Okay, yep. Uh, one of the I don't know. Sorry, I saw him at PAX. When oh, I was okay. there when they were announcing yep. it, and the way he spoke and stuff was very cool. I was like, oh, this guy seems to get it, you yep. know, kind of thing. Um, doesn't work at Bioware anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. Yes, that's um, very telling. And there was another guy that was there as well. He'd been working for Bioware a long time, and I couldn't work out who it was to go and look up and see if he's still was there or not, uh, but I don't think he is either as well. So I'm like- no, they've shed a lot of stuff. How much of Bioware is left of the ones that actually made, made the, the games, good games that they care about? Because I'm like, yeah. even like with Borderlands um, uh, 1 and 2 was uh, Marky Newman did a lot of the writing and stuff for that game. He doesn't work for 2K anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, is Borderlands 3 going to be- Any good? The same, you know? Because that guy yeah. just got the humor that I, I liked. Yeah. Um, and can they- do it again with different people. Uh, different people. I mean, obviously, he didn't write the whole thing by himself or anything like that. There would have been a team, but like, is that the ma- no? But about that magic person. I always it? use Blackadder as an example of that. Yeah, right. Okay. So Blackadder season one was written by Richard Curtis and Rowan Atkinson. Who's Richard Curtis? Exactly. Who's Richard Curtis? Exactly right. Yeah. Right. Richard okay. Curtis actually has written a lot of the stuff you've seen, a lot of the British stuff you've seen, but you don't know. He's who not he an actor then on the show. He's actually just no, a no. Writer. He's just a writer. Okay. Yeah. And sure. so season one was kind of oh yeah, that's chuckle along. Yep. Yeah, I can see what they're trying to do there. And then season two, Ben Elton came along and started writing. Okay. And suddenly it got really funny. Yeah. The jokes were really good. It like went up a notch. And you could see all the Richard Curtis stuff was still there. Yeah. But it was lifted yep. by all the other stuff Ben Elton was doing. Yep. So Richard Curtis is clearly a capable writer. Yeah. But he didn't he didn't write as well with Rowan Atkinson as he wrote with Ben Elton. There's something to be said there as yeah. well. So like I love season two, three, and four of Blackout. It's very, very funny. Yeah. And season one I enjoyed, but I could take it or leave it. 
seeing that as well, like with um, Doctor Who. Okay. Because they're on yeah, their yeah. third show run now. So Russell, Russell T. Davis rebooted it. Yeah. And Stephen Moffat was co- Yeah, writing. Writing. And he wrote some fantastic episodes. Yes, he did. But then Russell left and Stephen took over full-time of it. Yeah. And I think the reception was mixed. Yeah. It was. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone thought it was like terrible, but it definitely the wasn't last couple good. of seasons wasn't as good. Yeah. But these first few episodes of the new season with the new Doctor, yeah, have definitely had a much more positive uh, response. Okay. I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, things so sometimes writers just need another foil, and then they improve. Yeah. You know, like it's um, it's not saying there's only one person that makes it, but the right one person no, is the linchpin yeah. that brings yeah, everyone that brings else everyone together. Up. Yeah. And makes it happen. So hopefully Bioware's got that. That's the whole point of this yeah. tirade that yeah. I'm making. <laughs> yes. Anthem, I guess we'll find out in T minus four months. Yes. Three months maybe. Yeah. Then no. Change or four, whatever. Four months. It, well, because if we get it early, we'll get it only for the podcast. For no other reason, we'll get it early for yep. the podcast so yep. we can inform our wonderful listeners yep. of our opinions two weeks before they can find it. Yes, officially, officially on the things that, yeah, that but giving can, them money. They can get it two weeks earlier than uh, just like us as well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so truly, probably won't help anybody. <laughs> uh, so on, on that note, then, so our plan is now to roll into Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn. Dawn. Yep. Uh, on the PS4, Four. you're playing yep. on PS4 as well. Yep. Oh, it's same platform. Exclusive. Hey. It's an oh, exclusive. it's exclusive, isn't it? Ah, oh, well, yeah. never mind then. Stupid no choice. Consumer yeah. bloody locking yeah. platform stuff. Anyway. And I think we should also, because Blizzard were kind enough to give us free copies of Destiny 2. Which I already had, actually. I think we out. should, closer to the release of Anthem, we should give Destiny 2 a go. Yep. So we can give an immediate comparison between yep. Anthem and Destiny. I'm not sure how long Horizon Zero Dawn is going to take us for, because I it's definitely it's, a, hunk, a chunk I of game. I think it's a... For Witcher 3, Fallout 4 length game. I had the feeling we'll probably do Horizon Zero Dawn, do Destiny 2 to fill in whatever time it is. And then that'll get us up to Anthem. Because, yeah, I played a bit of Destiny 2 because we got it with the Humble Monthly bundle. Okay. Which I was like, wow, that's a very recent game. I got it for free on the PlayStation Games with Gold. I wonder if it was like several months ago. Yeah, it was several months. It would have been like four months ago. And now Blizzard gave it to us for free as well. It's not doing well, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. It and tanked. I... It tanked badly. I... It's going to be interesting to go back it again because I didn't really like it. Yeah, but if we play it together, it'll be more fun. I, I played it with the crew. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely looking about. forward to playing it with you yeah. as well and hearing your thoughts on it as we play. The story is pants. Yeah. The story was never the strength of the first one oh, either. God. They're space wizards from the moon. Literally, that's a quote from the first game. They changed it because oh, it was so retarded. Oh, my God, that's so bad. <laughs> that's so bad. I just, I think what got me was at the very beginning, they have um, this walled city. Okay. And, like, the walls have protected us for the last 200 years. And, and the I'm walls like, fall down. Hang on. Walls? Are we in medieval France? Yeah. Like, walls have been relevant since the um, catapult was invented, or the trebuchet, yeah. I should say, yeah. um, was invented, like... Why in our space future is our the enemy Elimi like the enemy comes in from space, goes lands onto the, outside the wall, and then and slowly then trolls directly at the fixed defenses. And I'm like, I'll build you guys a trebuchet. You can launch your plasma rifles <laughs> at the fixed defenses and take it out. No problems. <laughs> Problem solved. Wall yep. defeated. And I'm like, you guys have no idea how to. Run. I mean, 
orbital bombardment people. Yeah. You get a rock and you drop Launch it, it on their space. head. Problem solved. Yeah. Like it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it got me kind of offside from the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, you're not you're not tagging this game as space fantasy. Yeah. Like Star Wars can have banking starfighters doing dogfights in space yes. because it's not science fiction. It's, it's fantasy. It's actually a yeah fantasy story. I, I consider space. Star Wars space fantasy. Like yes, it's it's it not is. science fiction yeah. by any stretch. No, it is. Yeah. Um. So, you know, but they, they it's, it's sci-fi. For I can tell, it's a sci-fi thing. You can't do that. <laughs> we don't have three dimensions here. We can only land in specific landing points. And they put the landing platforms all outside the wall, so we can't land inside their and walls. We've never never heard of artillery. Yeah, and we don't know about bombs. You know, I mean, them. Germany. This is this is a fascinating thing I learned from um, Hardcore History podcast in World War Two. Maybe World War One actually with Belgium. Germany was going through Belgium, mm-hmm. and Belgium has a lot of, had a lot of fixed defenses. Yeah. Belgium was considered unassailable because of all their forts they'd built yeah. in the mountains. Germany comes along. They build, they come on the train tracks. They have a, a massive gun that they deconstruct and they put it on a train. They send yeah. it on Belgium. A couple of days before the engineers arrive, they line up a nice flat piece of ground. They lay out concrete, form it all up, put yeah. put in all the supports. Two days later, the yeah. train arrives with the gun. They build the gun on yeah. site, blow the hell out of the defenses from yeah. outside of effective way, range, yeah. deconstruct the gun, put it back on the train, <laughs> move it, and move it down to the next one. Yeah. With the next concrete path, they've already set up down for yeah. the gun, rebuild it up, and just did that all the way through Belgium and just completely destroyed the place. And I'm like, Destiny 2, yeah. you should have looked at yeah. a, uh, ancient Earth history, World yeah. War One, to find out how to take care of fixed defenses because yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. Or oh, you do what they did in the Middle Ages and you launch the gang cow carcasses over the wolves and spread disease inside the city. So they have to come out or they all just die of the plague anyway. You put the dead cows inside of the rock and you throw no, it at the yeah. planet from space. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, anyway. You so- put the smallpox-laden towels in the stomach <laughs> of the dead decaying cow inside the rock and you launch it from space. Problem solved. Problem solved. Uh, anyway, like gameplay itself, like the gunplay was, was pretty cool. And stuff. I That's think its what, strength. Yeah. I think what killed it for us, though, um, as a group game, was that it only had groups of three yes. and six or something like that. Yes. Which just and very inflexible in the amount of people as well. Like yeah. there was no way to kind of. Well, you could do world events. That can have as many people as you want doing the world events. <sighs> I actually did that for a while in Destiny One. Just jump from world event to world event to world event. It's not bad for side content. But you kind of want to do yeah the like main a, story a dungeon kind yeah. of constructed yeah thing. that's where the good loot is yeah you yeah. know and of course we did have two people on or four people on yes and you're like well what do we oh, do we can't we go and do the three player content with four of us so we got to do the six the- player content with four of us which means we're going to get creamed it was an odd choice yeah it was but anyway we'll play it because I wouldn't mind having you I did want to play it some more but yeah. just. You know, trying to get people together was too so difficult. So when my download goes faster than one kilobyte per minute, oh, I should that have was, it downloaded. was a bit crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, its download speed is ridiculous at the moment. It's getting, well, I guess if it's free, everyone's probably downloading yeah. it at once at the moment. So, yeah. so yeah, so next week, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. We'll start on that, on the PlayStation. Yep. Playing on the console, Tony. You finally you yep. got me... I got you on the console. So. <laughs> uh, Destiny 2 and then right into Anthem. Anthem. Beautiful. All right. Looking forward to it, Tony. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Luke. I'm Mike Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet.